And this is Orlando, and we're on episode 79. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness, Mike. Sorry about that. I'll put that away. So our <laughs> intro music was a little different this time, right? Yeah, but it was next level. Yeah, it was. I don't know about next level, but it was A level. No, it was it, a different level. It was awesome. That was for sure. So obviously you have not sold your th- synthesizer. I haven't, I haven't listed it yet because I've been having so much fun just playing with it. Um, I don't know. I think we should just make it a business expense. Make it a business. I don't... I mean, there's a few things we could do with it, but like... You know, I, like, I think like people, say Bolo real quick with a different voice. Let's have some fun with it real quick. Whoa, whoa, that's a little intense. How about Hustle of the Week? There we go. There we go. See, so when we do our next, <laughs> all right, we need to start an episode. People on the yeah. podcast have no idea right now what is happening. So I'm playing with a, a synthesizer with a vocoder that I picked up. Uh, it was actually last week's uh, random story because the people at the, at the, what's it called? The garage sale? No, it wasn't a garage sale. It was a thrift store. They were playing with it in the back. Oh, that's I, right. So they tested it out. And I mean, they weren't playing with the vocal part, but like I could just hear them, like they were doing different stuff. Like all of a sudden I just hear like, like you can just do the craziest stuff with this thing. It's amazing. We've been having so much fun in the studio tonight. So we finally got to record this podcast. Yeah. So we're recording and and I'll, we'll try not to add too much synthesizer because we don't want to uh, we don't want to chase everybody away. But it was it was at least a fun way to intro. So again, if you're listening to the podcast, we're messing with the cork synthesizer, and that's what you were hearing early on. And maybe it'll be our new intro. Yeah. Who knows? But no, no, it won't <laughs> okay, be our new intro. But you know, we'll maybe we'll have fun with it as time goes. But anyways, I'm excited. It's an update episode. Love update episodes. Rolando, how are things going, man? Uh, there, there, that's a loaded question. There, there's a lot going. It's uh, you know, we're almost at Q4. And uh, I'm kind of in this place where I feel like I'm not doing enough. You ever get that feeling sometimes? Yeah. You know, but the funny thing is, I was just talking to somebody about this um, the other day. And it's something I've realized multiple times. The more like if I'm I don't want to say being lazy, but if I'm just doing the average go with the flow type thing, I feel like I'm somewhat busy, but there's always, you know, I can get most things done and there's always time to spend with family and stuff. But then if I'm like, I'm going all out this week and, and you know, today I'm going 120%, it seems like more stuff just gets added. So the harder you go sometimes, it's like the more there is to do, which seems counterproductive or counterintuitive, but that it, I don't know, just happens that way. Like, so I get that you could say like, you're, you're not able to get everything done, but I kind of feel like that's also a sign of you're working really hard because you end up taking on more responsibility, more work as you work hard. So it's kind of like our, our last discussion on a level up review. Right, the idea that if you're moving forward and you're making progress, you come up with new problems. Yeah, new problems. Create new problems. It's for sure. Um, but and it's stuff you didn't even know you had. Like I always, when I'm really like strict with uh, like to do lists and getting stuff done, I end up adding way more things. And like, man, if I wasn't doing a to do list, I this wouldn't be on my list of stuff to do. Like I would never do this thing, but it needs to be done. And what would I have done if I didn't? You know what I mean? Like, no, so I get it. I get it. It, it is weird, but uh, but. You know, are you are you doing all right? Are you feeling yeah, overwhelmed? No, no, I'm, or? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. So bringing it back to reality. So last uh, update episode, I discussed the idea of sending in more shipments to Amazon. So that's been happening. I've been doing the two a week. I will tell you, it is something I'm beginning to realize more is that, I don't know, but I tend to do better putting together shipments in the morning. I don't know if I've shared that before. Hmm. So I find that when it gets late in the evening, which isn't good because... When Q4 hits, like there's going to be days where I'm just sourcing all day and I'm going to have to get stuff packed and ready to go to drop off the next morning. 
So I think part of it is I'm going to have to adjust my schedule because I've been so used to eBay, 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 which is still my bay. But Amazon is something that I'm going to have to, it's going to have to take up more of my time. Right. So eBay is my bay. (laughs) It is our bay. I mean, it still still pays the bills, I will say. Things are still kind of interesting. And I know there's all discussion about promoted listings. We'll talk about that later on. Uh, But sales haven't been what I've been used to. But when I looked at the overall, you know, you look at how things were a year ago, I'm actually up in comparison to a year ago. Well, that's good. I mean, you should always be going up, right? Well, so what I think is happening is that last year I was way more dependent on Amazon at this time. And this year, my goal has been to be less dependent on Amazon. And so that's why I'm feeling more of the eBay hit. You know what I mean? So like I had mentioned, you know, I did go a little bit into the red, which is kind of normal. If I take a look at, I was (laughs) several thousands of dollars in the red last year at this Mm. point in time, because I, the big Toys R Us pickup and I had a ton of stuff that I hadn't sent into Amazon. But this year I've been making it my goal not to be in the red at all. Okay. So it's, it feels kind of weird to be, you know, not even, it's not even multiple thousands, just, you know, a few here and there. And it just feels weird. Yeah. But the nice thing with that is when you end up in the, if you're never going the red, then you can get further in the black, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And maybe that, that that's true to an extent. Like if you were to go really hard and take out like a huge loan so you can go, you know, a hundred percent into some, you know item or something like that. Yeah. You might even be able to get more into the black by the end of the day. However, if one year you're in the red to make a profit, but this year you don't have to go into the red to make that same profit. That shows that as a business, as a company, you've had huge growth. Like that's, that's a, that's a good thing. That's amazing. No, I agree. And I hope it's better than last year. Last year, I really didn't go into the black until February. Mm. I think I shared that where, you know, my strategy is definitely going to be different coming in this Q4. Uh, I I don't want to wait till February. I want to be in the black by the end of December. Uh, but, you know, it's one of those things you learn. And there's a lot of things we, we learned about Q4. And maybe it's time for us to re-listen to that episode. Remember we said we were yeah. going to listen to it again? We won't play it again. All it's of not, our lessons. <laughs> we drop it. Episode 80. Released three months ago. Released again. Yeah. But uh, Recycled. <laughs> recycled. But I think there's value in that. And that's why I think part of it is we documented and we, we recorded it. Now, the other item is... I finally decided to pick up a scanner. Nice. Which is kind of weird for me because if you know, I'm not stubborn at all. Right. Not <laughs> so, at all. Not at all. You know, I only had inkjet until, you know, college pickers decided to send me a laser printer. But uh, you and know, I still refuse to even try uh, a Dymo. That is true. That's true. Well, I am thinking of getting a zebra printer and doing inventory lab and all that stuff. But you know, I, I kind of take it takes time for me to, and I get it. I know, you know. I sound like a newbie and I sound like a rookie when I'm like, hey, I don't use Inventory Lab. Hey, I don't use Scatify. But I've been doing FBA for, I want to say it's about at the least five. I can't really remember. I know for sure it's five. It's probably six or seven. Uh, but it, it's been a while. And yeah. that's I mean, what- I get it. Like, I, I know a lot of people who, you know, they still use typewriters because, you know, who needs a computer? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> you take me to that level. Now, here's the interesting thing about scanners is that you know, initially back in the day, and again, those of you that are, are Amazon sellers that listen to our podcast, you're like, Orlando, we know all this. So bear with me. I know there's some new people here that don't use scanners, but with scanners, there's two reasons you get a scanner. One, it's super fast, right? Two is on some of the programs, you can download a database before you go out. 
So it doesn't have to be live, right? So if you use things like Scoutly or if you use Scout IQ, and, and obviously there's a fee, but you can use the database and that allows you that if you, even if you don't have Wi-Fi, it has all Amazon's database on that. And so therefore you're still able to, you know, make quick scans. So for instance, an example would be, you don't want to be, let's say at a garage sale and somebody goes, Hey, I actually got a, you know, a whole room full of books. And then there's another person with the scanner there and you both go and there's terrible reception. Yep. Right. And so your cell phone, so you scan and what happens, it pops up on your cell phone, mm -hmm. like, you know, all the information that you need. And if you don't have that database, you know, you're going to lose out because you can't scan as fast. Yeah. Database is huge, especially even, even not even books because the targets around my area and there's a couple of Walmarts that are the same way, especially like the two story. And I know some people who aren't in California, it's like, what, a two story target? But I like, know, we had people say that last yeah, time. But like, we have a lot of two stories and... The crazy thing about these two story ones is sometimes you you're almost going into like a basement when you go to the underground. I mean, it's 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 not underground completely, but like, you know, it's 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 more mm -hmm. underground. So there's lots of concrete blocking signal. And there have been so many times my wife and I have been in a target and we see stuff on clearance or we see something that looks like it might be a good deal. And we're trying to look it up on Amazon and eBay, and there's just we just can't. We can't. And so we have to like, I don't know, take a picture. And then when we leave, we'll look it up. And it's like, oh dang it, we should have gone. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so having the database downloaded is huge because you don't have to just do books. You can do database of different categories. Yeah. And yeah, so then you can walk into a place that has no signal and just go to town. So that's one of the things that I'm trying to figure out now. A couple of things that concern me is that they don't let you know if items are restricted, some of them. Mm. Right. So I know Scottify from, and if I'm wrong, let us know in the comments. We're always open to being wrong. Not really wrong, but wrong. Which happens all the time. Is there like a not really wrong? I don't know. I just, I always say, you know, kindness wins. You know, you know. So the moral of the story is Orlando needs his ego, like stroked a little bit. Like, don't be too mean. No, no, be I'm nice. kind of, I'm kind of soft at times, you know, yeah. I, you know. And so, uh, anyway, <laughs> I'm so losing. I'm looking at the synthesizer. I'm thinking about what we just said. So. <laughs> Some of them I noticed, like they, I, I saw Profit Bandit lets you know if the items are restricted, which to me are a huge deal when it comes to retail arbitrage, right? Because the worst thing is you pick up all these items and you go home and you find out they're restricted. Mm -hmm. And then you sheepishly have to go back to the store, return them, or you can try to sell them on eBay. I mean, but you know, that's time, that's money. And, but I found that on others, you know, they give you better info. Right. So on Scoutify and Scout IQ and Scoutly, you know, there's there's different things that there's an advantage for an individual. So I'm just trying to figure all this out. If you have something that, you know, you're listening to the podcast, you're like, you're sold and this is why, let us know. We're open and it'll help other people that are trying to think about, hey, do I want to? And and I know we're delving into a realm that we really haven't discussed in the podcast, right? And there's a lot of people that are very you know, very guarded about mm -hmm. that information. So I'm just, I'm just asking about, Hey, you know, what is good for you? And again, I kind of already made my decision in my mind and it's the route that I'm going to go, but you know, who knows? We'll see what happens. Uh, I just, I like how fast and efficient it was. Now, this isn't something I'm going to be using all of Q4. Like this is something that I'm definitely using right now as I'm researching. So I'm going to different stores and I'm scanning, 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 finding what I think will work. And uh, I don't know, just, you know, that's kind of what I've been doing lately. And uh, with as far as the Bay goes, 
my the bay. My helper is back, so she's been doing a lot of work, and so my goal is to get my listings really up at a certain level uh, by the by the time October hits, and then I'm actually going to spend two or three days organizing <laughs> all my inventory because kind of felt a little guilty. So I'm going to talk about that where we talked about all this, mm. and I go. I'm Are you putting it into practice. I'm organized, but I'm not as organized as I need to be. Yeah. I so. mean, I don't think anybody is. Like if some people are, uh, but then there's something else that you're not doing well, right? Like you might be the most organized, but you might not be doing networking. So there's always something to improve. Um, and I think realizing that and being aware of that is is what's gonna allow for the most improvement. I mean, reflection is huge. So um, I mean, that's something I encourage everybody to do is figure out what's working well and then figure out where you can improve that and where you're not doing so well. Cause it's really easy to get in the groove. And we talked about that quite a bit on our last Wednesday episode and, and just ways of, of utilizing time. Well, um, and, and part of that is even, you know, just in your practices day to day and reflecting and saying, Hey, what am I doing? Well, and that's one of the reasons we do this update, even for ourselves is to hold ourselves accountable. Like, Hey, here's the things I want to do. Am I doing it? And constantly talking about it. We even talked about that on our, um, level up review if you haven't listened to it yet for part two of the uh, 10x uh, 10x level up you know 10x rule 10x rule the one of the things that grant cardone says that we shall be doing is writing down our, our goals each day and we talked about doing that and how that's going to you know potentially help us we've we're doing oh, one that's goal right. we're starting we've already this is day number four yeah have you been writing your goals well we're actually recording this the same day we recorded that one. I know. I, <laughs> I realize kinda, I'm I just, still even wearing the same clothes. So, uh, oh, wow! I just it just hit me. Yeah. Okay, well, in case you're wondering, Mike doesn't always wear the same shirt. No, just, no, yeah. So, so technically, this is still the first day of us writing down goals. So, yeah. Um, but even just doing that, kind of reflecting and saying, like, hey, what are the things I want to do? Am I doing it? And then kind of holding yourself accountable. So um, what I would suggest, like we don't have like any special groups on Facebook or anything like that, but all of our community that's commenting on our YouTube page, commenting on on Instagram, mention what are the things you're wanting to do? Like, don't just give us hustle of the weeks, but it's like, hey, here's the things that, you know, I've been inspired to do from listening to your podcast. So by next week, I want to list X amount of items or I want to do this thing or I want to change my inventory. And then other people will hold you accountable. So mention it. That might be a... a, a positive thing to do life tips yeah from mike yeah i almost said michael would that be weird if i started calling you michael i actually prefer to be called michael all right michael all right so michael how are things going give, give us a little bit of update on your end um man oh my gosh so crazy what just crazy like okay. life is crazy. crazy no i get it so you know but in a good way like okay so check this out okay I'll talk about going to garage sales because I had a great week of garage sales. But you know how we've been talking for a while, like people who follow and know like we did the whole we're moving to a fifth wheel and we're living off the grid and all these things we're doing to like you help. You are off the grid. 100% off the grid. Um, in a way that people I don't even think realize I'm off the grid. Like I'm so off the grid. Like as off the grid as I think you can be. I have to drive on gravel, don't I, to get to you? I can't remember. Yeah, it, well, dirt and gravel and yeah. I'm off the grid. But anyway, I, I can't get a hold of Mike. Like before I couldn't get a hold of Mike, but that's because Mike didn't want me to get a hold of him. I chose not to be <laughs> gotten a hold of. <laughs> but now I seriously cannot get a hold of Mike. Yeah. Yeah. No Wi-Fi, nothing out there. But but it's been a lot of fun and we're doing it on purpose. It wasn't like we had to do that. Like we're, it's, it's something we wanted to do. Um, but the crazy thing is, is that opened up the doors that we kind of needed to get opened up and, and reselling is the other element that's opened up. And we've talked a lot about my wife planning on 
leaving her full-time job where she makes really good money in order to stay home with um, our son and then kind of take on reselling a little bit more uh, full-time. And that was something we were thinking like the end of the year, like the very end of the year, start of next year. Uh, and it's it's happening uh, next week. What? We just pushed it. So fast. Are you serious? Yeah. Like, like I, I, we haven't even hit October. I yeah. mean, it's October by the time. No, wait, it's not even October. Yeah. Like as, as of this release of this, like well, when we're recording and it, it's like September 21st to September 22nd, something like that. So we're still at the end of September. And there's two reasons why why we're able to do this. One of them, I'm going to be positive first. Good news for bad news. Not not even bad news, but Let's the just keep it all positive. Come on, pure hustle positivity. Wait, wait, that sound is when you're being negative, not when you're being positive. Yeah, but like it's annoying when it's like we're just gonna be positive. Like, how about you say the negative with the synthesizer and just give it a positive spin? Okay, maybe. Um, it's not even negative. It's just um, it's real because we always say we're real too. But anyway, that is true. The the positive aspect when it comes to reselling is reselling has allowed. It's just changed the way we've looked at life, right? Like we talk all the time, like reselling is a lifestyle. Reselling has allowed us to think like, you know what? I don't have to um, be necessarily constrained in the nine to five, right? My wife doesn't have to be stuck in the nine to five, even if it's good money and it's good benefits and all of these things. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like I'm a huge fan of people who do that to support their family, but there's other things that you might be more important to you. And like right now, her spending time with our son and, and all of those things are important and her having some freedom. Uh, and reselling has opened up those doors. Like the fact that the time is our time when we're reselling, when we're sourcing, when we're listing, when we're taking pictures and our son is running around our, our little office warehouse thing, it's, it's, it's amazing, right? Like this is not something we'd be able to do while she's at work. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't for reselling, there's no way she could be staying home. And, and, it's not like she's not going to be working. She's still going to be working. And in some ways she's going to be working just as hard, but it's different. Right. And, mm-hmm. and so reselling has opened that up. And it's so bizarre just to look back to just over a year ago when we started and I had like five items listed and it was, you know, just a hobby to make a little bit of extra money. And now it's going to be my wife's full-time job and I'm still going to be going really hard at it part-time. And, you know, it's, it's amazing that I would have never dreamed in a million years. This would be happening, especially because when we got married, I had, like I mentioned, like a tote of stuff in my garage that I had bought like a couple of years before to sell on eBay. And she's like, throw all that junk away. And I'm like, no, we could sell it on eBay. And she was totally against it. And now she's like, she's owning it. Pretty intense. Yeah. So I, mean, I think about even the early days of the podcast, it was just supposed to be you selling part-time and yeah. me full-time and us just sharing our experience. And now it's, it's definitely next level. Yeah. And I mean, the nice thing though is I still can empathize with all of our listeners that are more part-time or do at hobby level, because that's my, that's my level of involvement in it. Now, the nice thing is I'm gaining experience from full-time reseller and a community of full-time resellers mm-hmm. that has allowed my part-time reselling to be far more successful than it would otherwise be. Uh, but you know, I still have that. I have a full-time nine to five job that I go to and, you know, have to work on weekends cause I'm grading papers and doing all that stuff. And I'm, I, I can empathize with people who are hustling hard, and they're working and grinding in that too. Mm-hmm. So uh, I know it's for those of you who are doing that, my hat's off to you. I know how hard it is. So I'm, you know, keep at it. It's, and you never know when the door will finally open and you might be able to say, Hey, this could be my job. So uh, that's, that's part of the positive. Uh, the other reason why we're doing this is, and I'm just going to be real here. Um, her, her bosses are terrible. Her job, like, like it is such a negative, toxic work environment for her. 
Um, and to be honest, I can't stand that as like, she's my best friend, right? Like I love my wife more than I love anybody else. And so to know that every day she goes to work miserable because of how she's treated, knowing that she's one of the hardest working people that I know that she's got so much integrity and yet she's being treated poorly by managers and, and bosses that are incompetent. And I know this because I've been a manager and this isn't just like, you know, upset and disgruntled at them. Like you, anybody looking at from the outside would be like, oh, these people really don't know what they're doing. Mid-level managers who are just kind of flying under the radar doing bad stuff. And again, that I think allows me to empathize with so many of our listeners who are like, reselling could be that way out of that. Because when you're in a toxic work environment like that, when you're unhappy and you're just miserable, there's nothing worse than that. Like when you wake up and you're just you're sick to your stomach because you got to go to work. When was the last time you woke up sick to your stomach because you had to do reselling? Uh, not one day since. The only time, should I share this? Hey, I mean, I mean the only real. time I ever had any kind of anxiety was, I shared this with you, we were going to share on the podcast was when I was at a garage show and I ran into somebody oh, yeah. and they said, I have terrible memories of you. I'm like what? I'm like what are you talking about? I mean, I go, was it at another garage show? No, I have terrible memories of you. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? And basically it was, I think it must've been apparent during my time of administration. And I don't really know, like, you don't know, like yeah. I dealt with thousands of students Unfortunately, I, I was behind expelling many of them because of actions that deemed that was the worthy, mm -hmm. you know, reaction to it or suspension or whatever. But it is one of those things where you put yourself in a scenario. Now, I love what I did. Right. So it's not the same thing yeah. as, you know, what your wife is experiencing. I now did I experience of a lot of politics and pressures and you know, all the judgment and where I was at, I would say wasn't any different than any other place you mm -hmm. could be. You know what I mean? Cause humans are humans. Right. And so, but I, I will tell you there's two, two things I will share. One is yes. Have I had any kind of anxiety close to what I had when I was in that position? And I would say absolutely not, mm. but there's a catch. And the catch is now you are your own boss. Yep. Right. And so if things don't go well and if, you know, the hustle isn't being put on and, and things aren't working out, ultimately it's on your, your own responsibility. Yeah. You can't point the finger anywhere else. But there's power in that yep. too, because it's easier for you to recalibrate yourself than to recalibrate a system that's broken. Yep. It's huge. So I mean I'm encouraged. I you know I will tell you I'm kind of like wow like I'm excited for you but it's kind of one of those excited like this is it's gonna get intense and it's but it's I think it's gonna be it's gonna be great. Oh I, yeah, I just, it will. I'm be. excited for you I guys. Mean, we're already reselling is already like we keep leveling up. It's constant like putting in the work or putting in the time and it's paying off. So we know we're already at a place where the amount that's kind of coming in through eBay like we're gonna be fine with with mm -hmm. her leaving. Um, and once she can go full time, like I said, she's one of the hardest working people that I know. So where like I'll go out and source, I have no problem sourcing. Like today I probably sourced 50 items, right? It's going to take me forever to post 50 items. Like she'll pound those out. She'll take the pictures. She'll list them. She'll get them going. She'll ship as they ship. And so we're going to be able to kind of work as a team like that. And, and I have full confidence in the, uh, in the eBay algorithm that as we get posting more and more will come in. Right. <laughs> 
Yes, we will discuss yeah. that later. But <laughs> but the other thing is too, like you already have inventory reserves. Yeah. yeah. Right. Which on the one side, it's called a death pile and it's a negative thing. But on the other side, now being the full time, mm-hmm. like those inventory reserves will go into action and you're going to be way past, you know, you'll yeah. be 500 listings will be a piece of cake. Yeah. Right. And then you'll eventually get to the thousand and then, you know, you'll see where things go from there. Yeah. And, and this, even though it's like a short amount of time, if you figure like a little over a year, almost a year and a half, I don't know, something like that. Um, it, it was slow in some ways, right? Like we slowly grew, but like I'm looking back to, I don't even remember what episode it was when we opened up our business account and we did invest some of our own money to the reselling. Like when I first went garage selling, like I took like 20 or 30 bucks. Right. Mm-hmm. And then there were a few times we went to some retail stores and it's like, Oh, we're going to drop like $400. And then we paid ourselves back. Once we built our business account, we were like, well, we paid out of our personal checking account, like $800 from this item and this and this. And so we, as money was coming in from eBay, we paid that back to our checking account, our personal checking Mm -hmm. account. So then we've just had this business account that's been building and it's just capital and it's just, and we haven't put in any more of our personal money. That's beautiful. I mean, that's, that's how it should work. Yeah. And we've used our business card for all kinds of stuff. Anytime we travel for business, gas for our car all the time, food while we're out sourcing or listing and doing stuff. So we're spending from that. We're spending for inventory, all of that stuff. But I look at how much is in there and I'm just like amazed, right? That this has just really grown from 50 bucks, you know, that it's just Mm -hmm. constantly. And so then, yeah, to think that that was from going part-time for a little over a year, what's the next month going to look like when we're putting in 40 hours a week with her doing 40 hours a week and I'm already putting in 10, 15 hours a week? It's going to be insane. I think that we're going to have exponential growth. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'll look and say like, man, 40 hours a week really didn't change much, but I can't imagine that being the case. There'll be a change. The, the the tricky thing in my experience is I thought, you know, once I go 40 hours a week that I was going to, you know, let's say you're doing 10 hours, right? I would, I thought I was going to, you know, four X, four X it. Yeah. Not 10 X. And that wasn't the case. And I think there's multiple factors that play into that. And we, we've shared this and I've shared this before is you think that you're going to be working those whole 40 hours, but you're not right. Because what's going to end up happening. And we've shared this before is, now you'll have more time with your son. And so now that's going to, you're going to have more time with your son. That's going to creep into that 40 hours where right. before there was a, there was a separation. Right. Right. Yeah, so, that. so that, that's going to happen. And I know that's true. I know a lot of, of moms that operate eBay businesses from home, like when their kids aren't in school, like it really cuts into their time. And so I can relate because that deals with me. I had a week where, my boys didn't go with their mom. And so I had them all week. And I got to tell you, that was a rough week. I didn't have those 40 hours. I had whatever hours my kids were in school. And even then I had to remove a half hour before those and after those for picking people up. And then I had to remove another half hour to get meals ready. And then another half hour to help kids get ready. I mean, it, it begins. So, but if you had a job, you would still have to do those things. Correct. No, I, and I agree. So you can still be disciplined. But that, then that's the key word. Right. It's, it's a discipline because you find that you have more time. And I find that I, if I wasn't careful, I was wasting more time than being efficient with my time. So just some things to think about. But again, it's, it's such an awesome thing because items, you know, these are things that I, would, I wouldn't even think were part of our conversation ever 
Like you think about the first few episodes, this was never a topic of discussion. No, I would have never been talking over a vocoder. You know, the first few episodes, <laughs> so like on a synthesizer, talking about my wife staying home from work, reselling full time. Like I was still like duck decoyed out. You it's know, like decoy skin caliper, like all your early finds. Yeah. So well, I still, I still, you know, think we need like a duck decoy shirt or something that like. Yeah, along with all the other shirts. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe one of our listeners, like I'm sure we have a listener out there that's like a graphic designer or something like that. Like, and we're not we're not like begging, but like kind of begging, like it'd be cool to send something in like that. Like that'd be sweet. Send in send in something. Well, Go first crazy. we have to restock what we have. That we haven't even restocked. So we're we're in between suppliers. So we're still still trying to work on that. So apologize to you guys that we're still looking for an Excel shirt. We're working on it. So hopefully yeah. soon. Thank you, by the way, those of you who have been purchasing the shirts that we just actually had a sale yeah. of another shirt. So nice. We are grateful. All right. Random stories. You know, can we do intro of the random stories on the on the synth? Is there is there a random story intro? Do no, we have that already? Random story. Do you want story. some music? You just... Whoa, that sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't like that at all. Sorry. Um, <laughs> let's try something else. Random story. Okay. See, so... I okay. I really think we're <laughs> we are dropping. Okay, we are dropping the level of this podcast. Like people have appreciated the sound quality. People have appreciated that we try to be professional, and now we've lost all of that. All right, random story, Mike. I'm gonna have to pull the plug on this synthesizer. Right, it's right there. The plug is right here. I don't no, because we have a special surprise at the end. All right. So tell us a random story. I'll share first. All right. Since you, I, I, you need a, wow. How many people do you think we just lost? Uh, <laughs> like people are like, oh, well, we didn't watch we, it anyway. We don't even know the volume level on their ears to listen to the <laughs> podcast once you drop those sounds. So our apologies. Sorry about that. Okay. So we have a special guest coming up on our next hustle session. We have the Latin Pickers who are FBA yeah. booksellers, and they are the real deal. Not saying there aren't many real deal, but I can personally testify that they are the real deal because I've been to their warehouse. I've seen their process. I've seen their sales. I've seen the behind the scenes that shall not be seen of their operations. And I can tell you, they know what they're doing. And so I'm excited about having them on the hustle session. And by the time this episode drops right now, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm probably outsourcing with them somewhere in an undisclosed location. That's a weird, like, that sounds really weird. Why? Like, that I'm sourcing with them in the undisclosed location? In undisclosed location. Like, it sounds like you guys are about ready to do like the Area 51 raid or something. No, no, no. We're going to be in an undisclosed location. Now, last week, we were I at can't a, tell you about it. We, no, we were in San Diego and we sourced different stores. Now, here's what's interesting. Two things. Number one, and I'm sorry, Christian and Adam, if you're listening to this, what I'm about to say, but I really disregarded their knowledge of like going to thrift stores. What? That's messed up, so, man. So I, I lay, well, in my mind, I'm They're sorry, guys, people. we're friends, so we're good. But I really thought they were just like FBA booksellers, right? Mm -hmm. Now, they had shared with me in the past, like some things that I've picked up and that they tried doing reselling and so on. But you really don't get to know people until hanging out with them a few times. So this is probably my second, third go around, you know, out with lead and pickers. So we decided to go sourcing. I got to tell you, they knew their stuff. 
like the through and through. And here, this is what I'll share is that number one, the first store I'll share this story. Cause I thought this was kind of interesting, not related to what Latin pickers know, but a scenario I ran into. So I walked into the store that shall not be named. And immediately I go to the case and on the case, there's a couple pairs of boots for $30 each. And this is kind of a hustle of the week, but I have other hustles of the week for our next theme episode. And I'm talking to the sales lady and, and I go, Hey, so, uh, can, can you work with me here? Knowing full well, like this is impossible. Like this isn't doable. And sure enough, like they were willing to work with me, which kind of threw me off. And I've noticed this pattern at several stores that shall not be named. So I don't know if this is a new thing. I'm not sure. Maybe I shouldn't be discussing Yeah, I was going to say maybe it was a thing and now you just ruined it. No. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Orlando. Yeah, I know, because they, they listen to us. I, no, but all the people who do, they'll be like, man, they were given permission. Like, you can work with like one or two people a day and then like now hundreds of people will be coming in. Can we get a deal? They'll be like, who? Did somebody like tell our new policy no, on like a no, podcast okay. or something? Okay, no, but here's the thing. So... They entertained it. I I have my teacher discount, so I didn't get a lot. Okay. So, but what was interesting was we're in this store, right? And so I'll keep sharing this again. You know, you get this worry that, you know, this is kind of Mike's concern. Like if we go to garage sales, if we go to thrift stores, like, oh, we're competition, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So we're in this store. They looked through two full racks of clothing and they missed a rain spoon, rain spoon, rain spoon. Rain Spooner sports Hawaiian shirt, which go for good money. Totally missed it. Right. So I'm like, interesting. Like, okay, they missed that. But at the same time, they found the Robert Graham shirt that I completely missed. And they, they, I mean, I had gone through the exact same location. So again, you know, I, the reason I share this, because one, you can go into a thrift store with other resellers. Things will still get missed. Right. The other part is if you're with a reseller that has a certain knowledge about one thing, they may not have a knowledge about another. So we go to another thrift store, go through there. Again, I missed a football jersey. They caught a football jersey that I was selling for, I think, $7.99 and it flips for $50. I totally missed it, even though it was right next to the football jersey that I looked at before. Then we're still walking. And I'm like, you know, guys, there's nothing in here. Let's go. So Christian goes, bro, look at this. And he shows me this Starbucks barista machine. And I'm like, yeah, what about it? He goes, have you looked at the comps? I'm like, no. He goes, look. And it's selling for 25 at the thrift store. The comps were about 150 to 180. Totally missed it. Did, had no idea. But Christian and Adam knew what they're doing. Yeah, I sold one of those one time. Yeah, how much did you sell it for? Uh, it was over a hundred, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. I totally just broken. It. Like it was missing a piece. Yeah. So then what they show me is that you can part it out. And I showed this in the Instagram story, but you could part it out. And I was like, huh, I didn't know that either. So the Porta filter itself, the little, I don't know, the scoop mm -hmm. thing, you can sell it for like $40. So I'm like, even if this doesn't work, I can still make money. So again, my apologies for casting judgment and going, you know, these guys know their books. The, I honestly walked away going, they may know more than I do. Right. And so, 
And this happened again. And that's a, that's a tough pill for Orlando to swallow that there might be people who know more than him. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just messing. <laughs> no, no, that's but, not true. Orlando's a very humble guy. I'm just but it, But it was tough because it was funny because they're so kind that anytime they found stuff, they're like, you can have it. You can take it. Right. And so I was like, these guys are really good guys. So anyways, the, the, I guess the, the moral of the story is one, don't judge people just because they sell in a certain niche. They might've had experience in other niches. Two is there is plenty to go around, right? It's kind of like we shared, you know, on Instagram uh, on this past Saturday was in the morning, I picked up a ton of Legos at one garage sale and you're going to share a little bit. You kind of had the same experience. Yeah, it was crazy, actually. I mean, I went to garage sales. It was really weird because I went to garage sales a few weeks ago, um, just like three or four in my neighborhood uh, and like an estate sale in my neighborhood. And that kind of kept things going for me. And a few weeks before that, I went to... So it's been kind of inconsistent. I've been going to thrift stores, but garage sales, I haven't been able to go to as much as I'd like to. So today was like a big community garage sale. Like one of the today, big, which is a Saturday. Yeah, so we're recording. Sorry. Yeah, so recording Saturday. Um, so it was a big community garage sale, and so that I totally passed on for multiple yeah, reasons. Bummer for you. I didn't go. And as I'm driving there, and I'm getting close, I'm getting butterflies in my stomach. Like, <laughs> really? Yeah. Like I'm, I, and because I'm there early, because like you know, you know how it is on like Craigslist posts. It's like early birds will be turned away, and blah blah blah. So yeah. Right, yeah. You know? And it's supposed to start at seven and I get there and I'm like timed it out. So like I'm pulling up to the first houses around 610, right? And I've got butterflies in my stomach for a couple of reasons. 610. What time do they start at seven? Seven. Do you know somebody had DM'd us that in LA, they don't start till eight. Oof. How nice would that be? I mean, that'd be nice, but. But what? I kind of like that they start early. You just want to get up early to get up early? If. Going back to Grant Cardone's book that we talked about, if you want to dominate, you got to be willing to do what others are not willing to do. So you want to limit your competition is what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, if if I feel like there's fewer people who are willing to be at a house at six o'clock than there are That's at true. seven. Very true. You know, so, um, you know, there's, there's a benefit as far as that goes. So part of me was a little nervous of like, I'm not the kind of person who I'm always early to stuff. But like, if it says like eight o'clock, no early birds, like I'll kind of like hang back and make sure I'm not there too early. But I know that this is a community garage sale. This isn't just one person saying no early birds. So I'm like, you realize that that statement? It's like punishing a good thing. No early birds. Yeah, but I get it. Like when I was setting up my garage sale, it was kind of annoying having like eight people standing around watching and I'm trying to go into my house and pull stuff out and it's dark and they're like trying to haggle with my wife while she's trying to set stuff up. And it's like, guys, seriously. The struggle is real in San Diego. Yeah. So I get like when it's one person, but I'm like, okay, so this is a community garage. So there are going to be some people who are already set up or getting close to set up and they're not going to mind. So I just have to be willing to find those people who will, who will deal with me. And there's a few people today who are like, you know, I'm not set up yet. And I'm like, oh, okay, I, I'll just, no, no, you, you can come back later. I'm like, oh, well then fine. I'll come back later. But, um, so I'm so excited. I'm so nervous about like, this is going to be a big day. And it turned out to be a big day. And the best part was the first two houses that I went to. Actually, I take that back. The first house I went to, really bizarre. I've experienced where people like kind of hoard a box, right? And they're yeah. like, I'm looking through this box. I've never experienced this though. And I'm sure other people have, but not just one person, two different people pulled probably like eight or nine boxes. Like one had a, pulled all these toys. The other pulled all of this like, like inside decoration stuff and like several boxes and I go and I start looking like, oh no, these are all ours. We bought these. 
And then as I'm looking at other stuff, I realized they didn't buy those. They just pulled all those aside and they said like, they asked the person, but they're filtering through what they want. And they're going to, they, they pull like eight boxes to the curb as if they're buying them, but they're not buying the so whole how'd box. how'd you react? There was nothing there. Did you there go Orlando on them and just start pulling the boxes? No, I was like, <laughs> this is the one closest to the, like the exit of the freeway. And so I'm like, this is low hanging fruit. And if like eight people are here looking through stuff, that means there's 49 other houses that people aren't at. Ah, so I jumped in my car and bailed. Great call. That's, that's actually the better call. Yeah. So I was like, I'm not going to waste my time while all these other resellers are here hawking stuff that they're like, you know. So the next two houses that I go to, Legos, Legos, Legos. It's true. It's raining Legos. If you check out the Instagram post from Saturday, the, the third post, there are Legos. Yeah, it, it was super cool. Like it's been a while since I've gotten Legos at a decent price. Um, so it, it was really exciting to be able to get that plus some other toys. I ended up um, buying, um, I mean, it's a long story, I guess, but I ended it's up- It's all good. Uh, what? You just, mine was super long. You're good. <laughs> I ended up buying my son a bunch of stuff. So um, I got home. My wife's like, what are you doing? We live in a fifth wheel. But- um, you, but still, you still made money though, because yeah. you saved money from- buying retail that's true but like i bought him a slide like a like a little tykes slide to for, put in his room not in his room outside because <laughs> it's too big for yeah, his yeah room. i get it but it was um five that's bucks. so awesome they wanted 10 and i got them down to five and it was like brand new should have pulled a gary v they didn't get it <laughs> they didn't get it they wanted 10 they didn't get it um <laughs> right. so i got him a few things i got him like a like a toy nerf gun and he's like liking that kind of stuff so it was cool to be able to spoil my son get a ton of fines where I'm going to make a whole bunch of money. Um, but the part that I thought was interesting today is, remember I had that Lulu row find a while back? And, yes. And, and I'm, I, again, I would never recommend, like Lulu row is not a bolo. I appreciate the disclaimer. Okay. However, if you can pick it up at the right price, it's good. I want to call it fodder, right? Like it's good filler in, in your store. Loss leader. Loss leader. Yeah. It, 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 there's benefits to having it if you can get it at a good price. And I was able to pick up a ton of them for like 50 cents a piece at, with, with yeah, tags. You can't beat that. That's but good. I've been selling them pretty consistently for like 10 to $12 a piece. And I'm like, actually, I'm making some money at 50 mm -hmm. cents a, a, a piece. Well, I pulled up to this house that had like three racks and they are like organized. They all have tags. This lady is clearly a seller. And I asked like how much for all. I just immediately asked. She goes, well, I wanted $3 a piece. And she, she added them up. There was over a hundred pieces. And she's like, well, I could do two fifty, And that was too much for me. And I was like, I, I kind of counted them. And there was over a hundred. And I was like, still going to pay way up. But I said, I'd give you 150 Because to me, having that many pieces that I could, you know, use as fodder and, and um, Poshmark or to be making $10 per item, mm -hmm. it's not bad. Um, she took my phone number and said she'd think about it and I haven't heard back. So, but okay. I was willing to drop that. Then I stop at another house. But that's good. You made that connection. You never yeah, know. You yeah, may no. get a call. It may be next week. It, it may be, be a year from now, but it'll be a score if they call back. And the nice thing is if they call back, you know, a few weeks from now, like, oh, I'm still willing to, or I'm willing to do this now. I might be able to have more leverage because now they're desperate, not yep. desperate, but like I could say, well, I could do a hundred now, you know? So who knows? But then I went to another house, same thing towards the end of the day. So this person clearly has been out all day with like four racks of Lulu row. And so again, I wasn't even going to stop, but I was like, you know what? Might as well. You never know. They might be willing to offload. So I go out. How much for all the Lulu row? She goes, well, I want $10 a piece. Wow. And I said, 
Um, and she goes, well, because I need to make up what I paid for to get into it. And I said, okay, good luck. And I just walked away. But I'm thinking like just the difference of like terrible to think that, I mean, I just think I feel like, really bad for her though. I do. I feel bad that she bought into it, but I'm just thinking like, if you have this many pieces that you've probably had forever and you still think you're going to get your money back, like, oh, yeah. you've got to cut loss. You got to stop loss at some point. I mean, I, nobody's going to give her more than a dollar a piece. And, and you know, she might be able to get $10 a piece over the next 10 years if she on sells eBay, them on Yeah, eBay. sure, on eBay, but not at a garage sale. No. And so, I mean, I was willing to do the, you know, give you 150 bucks. It's off your plate, you know. Yeah, you're taking a loss, but at least you got something. But, you know, some people realize at least the one lady was willing to go $3 a piece. Um, she wasn't willing to go to like the dollar twenty a piece. But uh, another lady wanted 10, wouldn't budge. And it was kind of just like, good luck. Uh, maybe a little delusional, but good luck. Yeah, but you know, you find that all the time at garage sales. Yeah, you know, and it's weird. And they'll probably run a garage sale six months later, and they, those items will be really cheap. Maybe, or in their mind, they still think they're going to get ten dollars for it eventually. Or they get angry and they have a bonfire. Ooh, hey, if you're out there and you're going to burn all your Lulu Roach, just give it to me. At that point, <laughs> again, I just uh, second disclaimer: Lulu Roach, not a bolo. Yeah, um, I'm looking at like so. Lululemon bags. I'm like, please understand they are different brands oh, completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lululemon's about low. Yeah. I, I would say if I was a new reseller, I'd get those confused a lot. Mm, yeah. I, I'm sure I probably would come home and go, hey. How, how about this? Lulu Row is a no. <laughs> Lululemon, make money. Just, just Lulu Row is a no. You're, <laughs> you're, you're, to, you're trying too I, hard. I was using words like heaven or double up 11. No, it's not working. Yeah. I, I appreciate the effort you put yeah, in. Yeah, this is why we don't freestyle hey, on this podcast. So we just um, use synthesizers. I, I freestyle. Yeah. Okay. Don't be in denial, Mike, about your freestyle. Wow. Okay. We need to get rid of the synthesizer. All right. All right. Anyways, is that your story? Uh yeah. So I guess it was a combination of multiple stories, but it was my day today. But here's the thing. So I got Legos too. That's what's crazy. It was the brain and Legos. It's brain and Legos. Oh my. All right. So let me show okay. My Legos is kind of interesting. So I show up to a garage sale and everything they're trying to sell is Halloween stuff. And so I show up and this is on the Instagram story. So if you follow us, you kind of know, give you a little behind the scenes. So I've been really big about, I, I used to do the whole route for garage sales. I don't do that anymore. I just go keywords and I go, what places do I want to go to first? And no matter what I got to drive, I'll do it because I find that I get the better scores instead of trying to follow the route. So I show up, all the Halloween stuff. I knew they had Legos. And I asked the guy, I'm like, hey, uh, do you guys still have those Legos? Which I thought they were going to tell me they were gone. He points to two big buckets. And I ask him, and he's like, I want 75 for these. I'm like, oh, okay, well, I can't do 75. But then he sells me a, um, it's a Netgear, anyway, something to do with servers or something. And I'm asking for how much? And he tells me 10. Well, what do you do when, what do you do when somebody throws you a number? Do you counter or do you do the awkward pause for a little bit? It depends on what the number is. Okay. So either, this, either strategy can work. So this one, I did the awkward pause. Like I just stared at it for a moment. Then he goes, yeah, all I can do is 10. I pause for like 10 seconds. Just stare at it. And he goes, you know what? I can do eight. And I'm like, uh, can we do seven? And he's like, how about seven ninety nine? I'm like, we're, we're, you know, we're just messing. And he goes, all right, seven. So I knew he was willing to haggle. So, looking at the Legos and I decided to drop off my business card, drop it off. I said, what's the lowest you'll go? He goes, I'll go 50. I'm like, you know what? I'll pick it up for 40. You know, if it's still here later on, 
Sure enough, I go back later on, talk to him, got it for 40. Right? Two big totes, probably going to sell. I think I'll get at the least 200 for all of them, you know, because if people ask to, in case you don't know, the way we do it is, and again, we're not the Lego gurus. There are some people that follow us that know their Legos through and through. So if you do know your Legos and we're doing this wrong, let us know in the comments below. Always willing to learn. But unless it's rare, unique, or it's a complete, I usually just lock them up into 10 pounds in a box. I seal the box. I put all the measurements in. That's what, and then I, you know, I write down what box it is and I put in my custom SKU label. And then when it sells, all I have to do is get the box, print the label, slap it on, and away it goes. So anyways, that's, that's, that's interesting because, you know, somebody, I think it was Caramelized Cat had said in the DMs that like, I've been listening to your podcast caramelized. about, <laughs> a Caramelized Cat said, I've been listening to your podcast about the tale of two Legos. And here we are talking about two Lego holes. Yeah. This time it was a little bit better though. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, last I time Tale of Two Legos was two people who had very different opinions on what their Legos were worth. That is true. But I, you still find Legos is one of those that people are, are not willing to let go. Right? It's sentimental. It, that, that's what I've noticed. Um, there that are, is true. There, I feel like there are a lot of things that people have a hard time letting go when it comes to their kids' stuff. Legos, I feel like because kids are kids are attached to Legos for a long period mm -hmm. of time. Like It starts early. It's a long collection. They collect for years and years and years and they're into it all the way up into like high school age, right? Up like the beginning part of high school and part of junior high. I just noticed that with my 13 year old. So there was a stage where he loved his Legos and like he would get angry when his little brother would like lose some minifigs or whatever. Doesn't even touch them. But I'm sentimental like, you know, should I offload these eventually? And I'm like, because you got all of those memories. Yeah, that's a tough yeah. one. Yeah, building them together and yeah. all that stuff. And the amount of money you put into it. I mean, that's part of it too. Like some a stuff people get money. sentimental about. But yeah, like that box of Legos that you said that you can sell for a couple hundred bucks was probably a thousand dollar. Oh no, it was. Them. It was. You know, the, the the kits that were in there, there was money in there. Yeah. So it's that's one of the reasons I think it's hard for people to let go. Um, but then. I don't mean, I don't even know if I should tell this story, but I was, um, <laughs> then you shouldn't. Well, I mean, not that, cause it, this didn't end up actually like, I, I didn't end up taking the offer, but I was talking to a student and their parents and the student was, used to be like big into Lego, had all these Legos and just made a comment about like, Oh, my son's into like the mega block, like the big, like the Duplo or whatever they're, mm -hmm. they're called. Duplo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or mega or what are the ones is it duplo but there's another there's one there's mega too. blocks and then there's duplo yeah. so like the really big kid ones and i'm like but you know i'm excited he's gonna get to the point where he's gonna want little the little legos and this parent offered me like oh like you could just have all of the ones that we have we have thousands of dollars of legos and i would never take Ooh. it because that's a conflict of interest right well it it isn't it isn't I, if you pay them a dollar it's not a conflict of interest i i would still i would still not want to do that i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't feel comfortable with it but just to think though, I like that experience, here's a, here's a parent and a kid who are like, yeah, I don't care. I can get rid of them. Right. Like they at a garage sale, they would have no problem getting rid of them for, for inexpensive. And so there are people who they have no problem getting rid of them. So True. you, you, you never know, right? Like you'll, you'll find those people who are charging what, well, I paid a thousand dollars for these Legos. So it's going to be like $800 for this tote. Uh, and then you get people who are like, I need to make yeah, back we don't my play money. with them anymore. So uh, you can, you know, pretty much have them. Yeah. And you just, you know, you get the feel. And again, if you get the line like, ah, you know, I, I can only take this much. You do the, oh, those must mean a lot to you. You know, so what would be, you know, you see this on American Pictures all the time. Mm -hmm. What would be your bottom dollar? And then you can still open up that negotiation. Mm -hmm. doesn't always work, but 
that's one way to do it. So, all right. Are we ready for some reseller topics? Reseller topics. It's the news. It's the, no, no, I, no, I feel like I need a news. No, we don't do news. Send. We do topics. I don't want to be. Right. I don't want to be like pure. Also, podcast. I get a. Is there is there a p word we can put on there? No, there isn't. Just it would be news. But I like reseller topics. So let's talk about reseller it. Topics. Now this one we're gonna talk about. And I don't want to belabor the point. We kind of, we dropped an episode, right? No, not an episode. We dropped a little, like, this is our theory about ending eBay promoted listings. So just give you a heads up. Mike and I had discussed, and I think what we're going to do, since we have a lot of episodes and there's a lot of things that we drop that are helpful to people that are, you know, maybe three to five minute excerpt, sometimes 10, you know, every once in a while, we're going to drop one of those. So yeah, because when you think about a lot of the stuff that we like, this episode, for instance, is probably going to go like an hour and a half long or so, maybe more. Who knows? And in there, we talk about tons of topics. So going through, if you figure we're on episode 78 and a lot of our episodes are well over an hour, we've got probably well over 100 hours of Pure Hustle podcast. So a lot of our neat little tips and tricks. And we're things, on episode 79, actually. Oh, is it 79? It is. Oh, that's crazy. I'm actually correcting Mike on the episode number. <laughs> So it feels good. Feels good. Yeah, I, I could, I can get that. I can feel. I understand what you're feeling because I feel it all the time. <laughs> oh, um, you are going. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's even hard for us to wade through and find all that stuff. But we're gonna try and go through and find some of the the the, the gold, as it were, some of the tips and tricks, so the maybe, relevant gold. <laughs> so maybe you guys can help us out too. If you're ever listening to an old episode and you're like, "Hey, this thing you talked about on episode 13 or episode whatever was really helpful." Shoot us a DM, let us know, and then maybe we can kind of uh, highlight that as a Pure Hustle podcast clip that we put out on to the, the YouTube machine. Yeah, and it'll just be on YouTube because we don't want to inundate you know the podcast with just short clips. So these will be on the YouTube. And by the way, this is a great segue. If you're listening to a podcast and you've not seen our mugs on YouTube, uh, make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, hit that notification button, and uh, like our videos, comment on our videos. It's always helpful. We always love engaging with, you know, with each other, even if we're wrong sometimes. It's always good for us to learn. So we really appreciate that. You can find us on social media. We are Pure Soul Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Hey, this is perfect if we did some TikToks, Mike. And we are Pure Soul Cast on Twitter. If you ever want to give us a phone call, you can call us at 619-738-1170. That's 619-738-1170. I don't think they can hear what I'm saying, Michael. Or you could also email us at purehustlepodcast at gmail.com. We're going to get a comment about like, this is really obnoxious. You guys shouldn't do this on a podcast. I'm just saying. All right. Again, email us purehustlepodcast at gmail.com. And feel free if you ever want to help us out, put a review on iTunes. It's always helpful. It always helps us out a lot. And last of all, if you ever want to say thank you in a monetary way, we do have a PayPal link below. We appreciate every single donation we get. It definitely helps us. And as you know, all of our content will always be 100% free. With that being said, let's go to reseller topics. All right. So, you know, this is going to lighten the mood because have you, have you, so I know you've been super busy and I've been all over social media and I, you know, I was the one that edited that video that dropped on YouTube because well, I asked him like, Hey, what are your thoughts? And we thought it'd be great because I feel like for whatever reason we were ahead of the, ahead of the curve on it. Like we didn't think that was going to be reality, but it does seem that, and we'll talk about this a little more that this whole change to ending promoted listings is 
putting us in a place where pay-per-click is going to be part of the equation. So I just want to land here a little bit in discussing a little some of this because this was, you know, I guess we can call it promoted listings gate, whatever you want to call it. So what was, okay. So do you, do you know a little bit about this, Mike, what's going on here? Yeah. I mean, we talked before several, several episodes ago about the, the new policies and I am not an expert on this at all. So you can correct me if I'm wrong on anything I'm saying. Uh, but I know that that eBay was planning on changing their method of instead of having as many promoted listings at the top, they were uh, supposedly going to be giving more weight to organic posts and have fewer promoted listings. And I mentioned that that seems to me it's indicating that they're moving towards getting people used to a change in the way the promoted listing works so that they could push the pay per click um, promoted. Again, listing. it's still a theory to us, but based on what we've heard in the YouTube sphere, it seems that other influencers were also told that pay-per-click is something that's you know, actually becoming reality, which we already, you know, and we knew you, that was thing, we knew yeah. because at eBay open, you know, here's what's interesting. So I got a couple of things. I got a lot to say here. Do it. Stick with me here. Say it, say it all. No, I don't know if I want to say it all. First thing is, you know, I, okay, let, let's rewind a little bit. So the, the big controversy that took place was like, Hey, should we end promoted listings, right? Because if if we're paying, and remember, promoted promoted listings something you pay after the fact, right? But you're still paying a fee. And so eBay had said in the seller update, which I think I want to say that we, me and you slept on it a little bit in the fact that we discussed it, we talked about it, but we didn't know the implications, like how, well, we kind of did, but we didn't. You know what I mean? Like we read it because eBay spelled it out in the fall seller update. They said, hey, this is what's happening. There's only going to be a posting once, right? Either promote or organic, which is what you just said. Mm-hmm. Now, there's another caveat that added to that was that ad blocker was now blocking promoted listings. So that became an issue. That's kind of how all this kind of took off. So I I contacted eBay, just like a lot of other people did. And eBay did get back to us. They actually spent the time to kind of share this. So I want to share what they said, and then I share some thoughts here. So first of all, you know, they said regarding removal of the duplicating listing and search results, the listing will show once whether it's promoted or organic. If the listing places higher in search results as promoted, it will show as promoted and not a second time as organic placement. If the listing places higher in search results organically, it will be shown organically and not a second time as promoted. And they were saying this is a better buyer experience. It cuts down on confusion due to duplicate listing search results. Now, we believe that there's more to it, that it's opening the door for pay-per-click. Now, let's land there a little bit. Do you remember what was said why they were going to pay-per-click? It, okay. So, so just, just straight up share what they said. It's being presented as this is another tool that sellers can have in their toolbox, as it were. To it was increase, more than that, though. To increase their sales. It was that apart. sellers wanted it. Do you remember that? Uh, yeah. I mean, well, and yeah, it's, it's presented as like sellers want it because it'll let you be able to to, to be different, to, to be able to step above, to have that advantage above the other sellers. All right. So that bothered me a little bit when I heard it. Well, and it bothers because like we've talked about several times, that's fine if you're the first and only one on that train. But yeah. when it becomes the only way to be competitive is to do the pay-per-click, then at that point, it's just a tax. 
True. But I chewed on this a little bit today. I'm doing the awkward pause because I'm I'm trying to make sure I'm I'm concise and clear yeah, what I Articulate say. yourself well. Huh? Articulate myself, which I'm not the best at articulating myself well. Be very careful with your words. All right. Because I know this is a hot button topic, right? So I want to be careful because I'm a reseller and this directly affects my business. But this is why I think this was said. So there's another platform right now. Before I get to that, let me rewind a little bit. So the majority of eBay sales are not used in vintage items. Are we agreed on that? Yeah. Like from all the all the data that we're given that we make a very small part of the big pie. But an important part. An important part, right? So there's other fields where it is highly, highly competitive, right? So you have, let's say, cell phone cases, super competitive, right? Let's say iPads or let's say, you know what I'm talking about? Like those kind of, I call them like low cost items that people need. Almost but, like private label. Yeah. Item. Yeah. yeah kind of like what you do on Amazon, right? So it would make sense to me if I was one of those sellers of those items that I would want pay-per-click, right? Because then that gives me the advantage that others aren't willing to do. But the thing is, if, again, I think the, re the reason it'll move to a I'm not saying I'm okay with it. I'm just saying that's, that's where I see some sellers would say, hey, we want pay-per-click. Oh, let me finish my thought a little sure. bit. Sure. <laughs> so adding to this, again, who knows? Who knows what's going to be said in the YouTube comments? I just, I just want to be real here. So the other part of it is, you know, there is a platform where your listings get removed without question. Your stuff gets gated without question. You have to do pay-per-click if you really want to put your stuff out there. There is no such thing as promoted listings. And guess what? This platform will compete with you if you have a private label and come up with their own item and put you out of business, right? So they'll do all these things, right? So I'm saying all this because I look at that platform and like, I don't, there is, we don't react to it. You know what I mean? Like we don't, like, I don't go like this platform, how dare they do this, right? Or how unfair is it that they do this? What what is what is I mean what is a normal reaction when this happens, when we talk about that other platform? What is my reaction? Well, one are we just going to call it Amazon? Or yeah, we call it call it Amazon. Let's, let's do it. The, the, we won't call it the platform that shall not be named. Um, okay, but we've talked about this on a previous episode. The reason mm -hmm. why it's it's more acceptable and why it's understood that eBay kind of has to do more to to cater to their sellers mm -hmm. is that. When you're playing in the Amazon box, you're playing in a much bigger platform that you're willing to take those losses because the potential gains is so much higher than it is. Agreed. We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. Agreed. But here's the crazy thing. They don't care. You know what I'm saying? Like you can I just I just I was in a conversation with one of our followers about something that they had sold and they returned and somebody had returned it. They got the wrong item back. They couldn't even get a hold of a customer service person to get that money back. And then when they did, 
that platform told them we need pictures. And then they said, well, these pictures aren't good enough. We need more. Right. On this, within hours, I mean, not even hour, I would say within 15 minutes of me contacting people at eBay that we know, not, not that we're important or anything like that. Just, you know, we had developed relationships while going through, through eBay open, instantly got back to us, listened to us, heard us out. Right. That goes a long way for me. So I look at all this and I go, okay, we talk all about the market doesn't have emotions, right? The market doesn't, doesn't care. Doesn't care about what you're going through. Doesn't, you know, none of that matters, right? Reality is Amazon doesn't care, right? They don't. eBay, and again, whether they change their policy or not, you know, don't know. But I think eBay is, to me, definitely making strides even though I disagree with it, even though I'm not a fan, I, I don't, I really don't care for promoted listings, but it's a sandbox I'm in. And if they change the sandbox and, and they make it stricter and they do more, there's two things I can do. Right. And we talked about this before one, I can leave or two, I can adapt like that. I find that that to me, and maybe I'm just old school, but those are my options. Right. And so, this is something I, I feel that we, I mean, I look at the false alert update and it was there, but you know, I think we missed, like that wasn't one of our highlights of our last discussion of the false alert update. Like we talked about other things. We had talked about other big changes, but man, this was like a 30 second thing, but it will be the one that affects us most. What are your thoughts on my diatribe? Yeah, I, I think a couple of things. I mean, I already talked in a previous episode, so I don't want to belabor the point, but I feel like it's unfair to compare Amazon and eBay on okay. certain levels. All right, that's fair. Because it's, it's fair just that you see it's unfair. so different. Like, they're just mm -hmm. so different. Like, the reason you're very right, like, people will complain and kind of be like, oh, Amazon is, is making it difficult. But in Amazon, you're basically begging to be on the platform, right? Whereas eBay, the tables are kind of turned out. eBay is an amazing platform. And yes, they they do so many amazing things for their sellers. That's why we say eBay is our bay. Like that's why we say mm -hmm. eBay is the platform that we recommend for new people. Like we can't talk highly enough about eBay. However, eBay is so different. Whereas it's like, I feel like eBay is kind of saying like, we want more sellers. They're, they're, tr they're, they're trying to get more people to be on their platform. Amazon is not like, we hope we get more resellers on our platform. Right. So that's why you can't compare the two in that sense. Okay. Because if you get to be, it's almost like you get to be on Amazon, whereas eBay wants you on eBay. Right. Like those are the two different models. Right. No, I, that, I see what you're saying. And then, so then the other thing is, okay. So going back to what you said with the pay per click, and if you're the cell phone case seller, okay, I'd want pay per click. However, if then, it's worth it. It's working. And now instead of having six different competitors selling the same case, you're the only one selling them because of paperclip. Mm -hmm. One of two things is going to happen. One, the other five companies are going to go out of business. They're all going to say, oh, I can't figure this thing out. Why I'm not making money anymore. Or all five others are going to start doing paperclip. Then now you don't have any advantage. You're back mm -hmm. to square one and you're just paying more per listing. But I, the, what I'm trying to say is like, I, unless eBay decides to change, which I, I don't see it happening. And the reason I don't see it happening is I forget which quarterly report, but they 
had major profits from promoted listings. Shareholders were happy. Right. And again, we're such a small percentage. Right. So unless there's a major uproar, like major, and I'm talking about all across, I'm talking about you're dealing with those million dollar sellers. You're, you're dealing with the $10 million sellers. You're talking about everyone. It's, it's a hard argument to make. Right. And, and again, so this, I don't see any of the numbers behind the scenes. I, I, I don't know what's going on, but I would just imagine again, if I'm, if I'm a company that sells cell phone cases and I'm selling 10,000 of them a month on eBay mm -hmm. and my cost to sell an item on eBay at that level is like 25 cents, right? Per item to list it, to pay for the promotions, all of that stuff. And my profit margin on that is like $3 an item. Okay. Well, you're selling 10,000. It's worth it. Well, if all of a sudden the cost to sell that item goes up to oh, yeah. 85 cents yep. instead of 25 cents. More and more sellers doing that are going to say, well, the profit margins on here, I mean, I might still sell, but I'm not going to put my energy there. I'm going to move more of my sales or more of my, my, prop, my, my marketing money to Amazon or to some other platform. I could see that that could hurt eBay. If, eBay, if this becomes basically a, a tax on the sellers, everybody has to pay more in order to be competitive, then you're gonna, eBay may lose a bunch of their sellers. And yeah, maybe resellers like us are a small fish in the big pond, but. I'm just trying to be real about it. Like it's hard to, I want change. Like I really don't want this to happen. I, I, I said in the last podcast, like I don't want pay-per-click. I think pay-per-click is, it's not, it's, it's what separates eBay from Amazon in a good way. In the sense that eBay recognizes that the sellers that sell used or secondary items are in a distinct field where, yes, do you need promoted? I think you do need promoted in the sense if you're in a saturated field, right? Because how do you, how do you just, how does the algorithm outside of returns and, and offering free returns and better pictures, how do, how do you decide who's on that first page, right? I mean, that's, that's a hard choice to make. Right. Promoted listing at least gives you a shot or at least. And then this is the other problem here. It gives you a shot. But then there's this ad blocker problem. Yeah. Which. I don't know. It's a hard one because. You know, eBay is saying that less than two percent. Right. Of their items are blocked by ad blocker. But it's so hard. It's so hard to know. Right. It's so hard to know because. Well, that honestly doesn't matter. I mean, if they're taking away your organic listing, then it can impact you. However, you're only paying for the promotion, whether it's regular promoted listing or pay-per-click, if they're clicking on it. If it's ad-blocked, you're not paying for it, right? Because mm. one, it's not they're not buying it through the promotion because they're not seeing it through the promotion. And two, they're not clicking on it through the, the ad. So it's True. really not, a, a, it doesn't, it's not costing you any if somebody's using an ad blocker. But it's as costing long you as, sale if only one thing is showing. If they don't have your, your non-promoted listing up there. Yeah. So if, 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 no, if they have your promoted up is you're losing. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. If they have your promoted up and they don't have your non-promoted up, but if the ad blockers up, would eBay just automatically like, okay, there's no, we're not showing any promoted listings. Therefore, I mean, I don't know. That's what I mean. I don't know. It's so hard. I mean, I've been thinking through this. The other part is I'm concerned about is we all got to decide what's best for our business. In the sense that, you know, th there may be lots of people, and I've seen it all through social media, all through YouTube, saying, I'm done with promoted listings. I'm ending it. 
but we really don't know. <laughs> I sound so, so suspicious, but you know, I'll give you an example. So years ago, there was a time where there were a lot of influencers that were saying, I'm done with Amazon. Amazon's too crazy. It's too hard to get into. And then you would see some of that later on and they're still selling on Amazon. And you're like, wait, wait a, se- wait a second. W- what happened here? Like, And so that's what my concern is too, is that you may decide based on what somebody else is doing to do this for your business. But in reality, it may be best for you to either A, end it, or it may be best to stay with it. So I will definitely say, test it out. Don't do things based on a knee-jerk reaction or to kind of, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but in solidarity, you know, because that might end up costing you and things may not change. So you got to, again, you have to stay focused on your own business, right? I mean, I really, you know, it's one of the things I appreciated about Craigslist Center when he said he never does promoted listings because for his business, that hundred percent works, right? He sells awesome, unique stuff that comes through his store and he makes a killing and he does it well. There's sellers like me where I sell highly saturated items, you know, Doc Martens. I sell those all the time, but I got to tell you, there's a lot of people selling the same model. So unless it's promoted listings, my stuff may not end up on the first page. So you got to really put the blinders on a little bit and go, okay, I'm going to test this out. Or this has been consistently working for me. I need to stay here. Ultimately, that's what I think you need to decide. I don't know. Where, where do you land on that? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't know what really more to say other than it's like, I don't know what, what at this point we can do other than, I mean, there's those who are saying just stop using, if everybody stops doing promoted listings, it'll, it'll impact eBay, but, um, it's not going to impact them enough where they take it away because it's impacting them. And they're not going to say like, well, because it's impacting us negatively financially, because you guys stopped using promoted listings, we're going to take promoted listings away and just permanently be impacted this, you know, they want the money. I just think, uh, I don't know. I mean, we know that eBay cares. Uh, we know that they're also a business and they need to make money. And so this is one of those things where I think some people are upset and I think there's maybe at some points miscommunication and things work itself out like this. This might not work out the way they think it will. And if so, they'll correct. And if they don't correct, then they'll fall apart as a company. Right. And I don't see that happening. Yeah, I don't. It's I, just the way it works. So, um, you know, try to stay positive and, and, you know, my sales are still happening. And unless I see like I'm it's significantly impacting my business, then, you know, hopefully, hopefully it works itself out sooner rather than later. Yeah. And, and the other thing is, and we'll end on this note. I thought you were having the last word. I'm sorry is that you can't run emotions on, you can't run business on emotions. You just can't. I, you got, you got to just look at numbers and that's it. And if the numbers tell you that, well, however you feel about eBay, that you need to continue to do promoted listings, then you got to do it. And if the numbers tell you that you should end it, then end it. But I, I think, you you know, just like the market, the market has no emotions. I think with business, it's just numbers. So good stuff. That's just my thoughts. All right. All right. Let's move on to some more positive topics. Cause that, I, I feel like there's a, a I don't know. It, it makes me sad. It really does because I, I know I keep going on, but it makes me sad. Like I, I really thought great strides were being made. And then this change that we didn't see coming, which was outlined and we read it and we, I thought we understood it. 
it really, you know, I don't know. I don't know how I feel. So, but again, I can't go on feelings. I got to go with numbers. That's where we'll end on that. Boom. All right. Amazon is now allowing sales with cash. Sweet. Have you heard about that? I heard about that. Yeah. Western Union. So I had somebody, somebody had said at one point that that's going to lead to more scams. Like Craigslist scams. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, maybe. Why are this money? But I go, that's only going to bring more sales. Is it really though? Like I know there are people who. (laughs) We're so point counterpoint today. I mean, there might be more sales. I just think, and and forgive me, I, I don't mean to like insult people who don't have bank accounts. But I feel like that's such a small population of people who I like love how you said that. Well, I mean, I'll be honest. Like, there's there are people, and I know there are people who don't have bank accounts for various reasons. I just think that some of those reasons are because people owe too much money and they're have lawsuits against them. And if they open up a bank account, it, the money will be garnished. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm not saying that's everybody, but I know that some, and I know that because I had a tenant that in a property that I owned that owes me a lot of money and she jumps from job to job and doesn't have a bank account so that I can't collect the money, which to be honest, I've stopped trying because it's not worth trying to collect the money anymore. But How I many just years think, has that been? Um, I don't know, like nine, eight, That's something like that, seven, time. seven, eight, something like that. But I just think like, I'm not saying that that's everybody, but I would say that there's a significant number of people who refuse to, to work in any kind of electronic payment because they can't have a bank account. And I just don't see them having enough flexible cash on the hand to like make lots of purchases on Amazon. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. are we really opening up a market to like people who, you know, I don't know. But then again, there's maybe there's people who only deal in cash and they have other more. I don't know. I don't know what's what's worse. Maxing out a credit card or using cash, you know, like, cause how many returns I probably get, I get tons of returns at the end of Q4. I really believe a lot of those are from people that overspent and were like, oh no, we shouldn't have bought all this and they return it. Yeah, but that using debit's the same thing as using cash. True. True. But now what you're doing is you're dealing with, <laughs> I'm thinking positive. I'm thinking these are Dave Ramsey people with envelopes of cash that don't want to use credit. It's just, we're just going to go there. Yeah, but I, <laughs> I don't I don't buy things on credit, but I only use digital payments for the most part. No, I agree. I agree. And I, I don't either. So, I mean, when I do use credit, it's just so I can earn bonus points and I just pay it off. It's connected to my bank account. I don't know. I just see more sales happening. I do. Cause it, it's more people. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's more people. I could be wrong. I'd be surprised if like a lot of people are like, I've been waiting to shop on Amazon. Finally, I can use no, the no, cash okay. in my wallet to shop on like Amazon. That. I don't think it's a, like a commercial, like people on their couch and goes, what? Get those envelopes of cash. We're going to Amazon. Get the change out of the. No, uh, I, don't, I don't think the that's the case, but glove box. I, I just, can finally buy on Amazon. <laughs> Do people keep money in a glove box? I don't know. I don't know they keep other things, but not money. Well, I mean, who has money anymore? The only reason I ever have cash on me is for garage, garage sales. sales. No, that's I agree. It. That's the only time. I agree. I agree. Now, this is a little weird. This is not recently related at all. But did you know at Amazon, you'll be able to pay with your hand soon? Oh, man. That sounds weird. Like what, like Mark of the Beast kind of weird? Like yeah. from back... <laughs> no, it's... uh, They're using biometrics at Whole Foods soon. And I think they've done it in other countries. Hmm. 
and you'll be able to it'll be linked to your debit and your paper uh, debit and your credit card i mean it makes sense like i, I remember i remember um hearing an article a while back and thinking it was like the craziest thing and this was like i don't know probably getting close to 10 years ago now when like smartphones first came out maybe nine years and people had you know were able to put like wallet on their phone and the thing that was happening it was in japan and you know japan is always like one of the first places with like new technological yeah. advances and they had a deal where you could order and now it's like well that's not a big deal but you could order on your phone what you wanted in mcdonald's and the moment you walk through the door of the mcdonald's immediately took the money out of your bank and sent the order to mm -hmm. the back and they started making it so you didn't even actually have to do anything so you could say like every time i walk through the mcdonald's store i want a double cheeseburger and a large fry and you know whatever and it immediately paid you didn't even have to take out and it was like wow that's so cool and then now you've got things where yeah you got the fingerprint on your phone and you can pay for stuff and as long as your fingerprint touches the thing and so they already have the database of your fingerprint connected to this bank account like really only makes sense it doesn't seem that hard especially with the, the way they've got databases like just think about how long like when chips first came out do you remember how like you oh, put yeah. the chip in and it took forever it's crazy but it adapted really fast and now it's fast right yeah. and it's because the database built and they were able to make it stronger and bigger and faster and i think that's all just a platform they're going to use and it, it makes sense that i mean as much as yeah like people with the uh, an esch eschatology of like in times <laughs> mark of the beast i just you threw know. that out there because i remember growing up hearing yeah that a like lot someone's gonna put a chip in the back of your hand and that's you know and i i think of like now with this biometrics like wow like you know people i'm sure it's gonna end up in the news even oh, more for right sure. like but but at the same time it only makes i mean it seems that seems safer like imagine 10 20 years from now and i think there's negative until people start chopping off hands no i i think here's here's what i think it is there's always a trade-off of freedom and convenience right the more convenience you get, you're you're trading away some freedom. And the more freedom you want, you lose some convenience, right? There's there's a trade-off there. And so you're going to give up convenience of like a certain amount of privacy and a certain amount of this in order to have the convenience of being able to go anywhere, press your thumb on something, and it immediately goes to your bank account. And I mean, because I just think like, I hope my parents aren't listening to this, but when I was growing up, my parents used to write checks at stores, knowing they didn't have the money in the bank account, but knowing that it'd take a few days for that check to clear. Oh yeah, yeah. right. People like people still do that. And then so then they would write a check to themselves to cover a check that like you know what I mean. So it was like, but now if you write a check at a at a store, they slide that check through and it goes through instantly. Yeah, it's pretty like you could do deposits from your cell phone. You don't even have to go to the bank. But imagine the convenience of never having to worry about, or maybe not never, but the chances of identity theft or people stealing your credit card information because not only do they have to have you don't have to have a credit card number. They'd have to have your finger thumbprint or your iris scan and it connects to all of your stuff, right? Like it's not a number anymore. It's an account that's connected to your DNA. Like that's crazy to think about, but yeah. in some ways that would be convenient. Maybe you lose quite a bit of freedom, but it's, it would be convenient. <laughs> Mike's all about losing freedom. I'm not about losing I'm just, freedom. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm just saying like, that's the trade-off. Like if you're willing, as it is, we talked about a couple episodes ago, with the fact that your phone is mapping everywhere you go, unless you turn that off. I know, no, no. I really believe there's so much that we don't know, and I'm not trying to get Snowden on us, but I think there's a time. I mean, we've talked about this on Instagram, how somebody will just say something on Instagram, and then you'll get ads. Ads, yeah. Right? Or I've been at my friend's house, and we were just talking, and next thing I know, I go on my phone, and I'm like, wait, like there's only one way that this would have shown up. But we like that in a sense. Not everybody does, but we like the fact that there is a profile of us that 
nobody really cares who. I do not who, like that. I, well, I know. I'm, I'm Ron Swanson when it comes to that. Like, put I, me out in the middle of the woods. I agree. But the fact is, you don't notice that when you're going through your ads on your phone and every ad is is directed to something you're interested in. If it was like you were getting ads about Barbie and slime and stuff that had no, no relevance to you, it'd be annoying. But you don't even notice that like the advertisements you're seeing are connected to things you're interested in. You know, it's kind of funny you bring that up. There was a time when, when I was married, like when I would get my computer for my MacBook for my wife and I go, oh, this is what I should get. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, what yes. kind of ads were showing Yeah, up? what kind of ads were like, oh, this is what I should buy. So yeah, there was a convenience to it, but I don't think it's worth the cost. Hey, look, you're talking to a guy who lives off the grid. So you don't I know you do. Freedom. You are the Ron Swanson <laughs> out of both of us. All right. Hey, just wanted to share one more thing because, man, we, we're, this is, this might be our longest episode ever. Well, we don't have to make it that long. We could tighten some stuff up. <laughs> I know. So, ThreadUp came up. So, ThreadUp, right? It's another platform. And they came up with this report. And I thought it was kind of fascinating. So you check it out. I'll put it, I'll put the link in, in our YouTube, but, and I don't know when this was released, but this was encouraging to me. So, you know, you hear a lot of people talking about the clothing market's dead. It's oversaturated, you know, and I think there's some validity to that, but in this report, there's so much stuff on here. I mean, there's discussion about reselling has grown 21 times faster than the retail apparel market over the past three years. That is huge. And so clothing isn't dead. Now, the thing with Thread Up, this was talking a lot about about women's clothing. So maybe we need to adjust. You need to adjust. I'm already in women's clothing. <laughs> Repeat that. <laughs> I already sell women's clothing. All that's right. what I said. Come okay. on, man. All right. So they also had talked about that in comparison to 2017, they went 56 million of 44 million buying secondhand clothing. That's a huge jump. Right. And, you know, and we have talked about this, that it's not just resellers that are buying from thrift stores. It's pretty much it's like the the I don't know, it's a trendy thing right now. More than when Macklemore released a song years ago, I think it's an even bigger deal. Right. I mean, they're talking about you're talking about popping tags. <laughs> I'm about popping tags. OK, so wasn't that the song? No, I think it's a thrift store. Anyways. Yeah. The thrift store song like okay. popping tags. OK. All right. Anyways. I, I'm just trying to get the data here. You're talking about you don't want a long episode. We're going to talk about a song here. All right. So if you take a look at the data, like 33% of millennials, right, are attracted to thrift store. 16% of Gen Z. So that's kind of like the youngest, but I, I think that's going to change. And then 20% of Gen X. And I was kind of shocked. 31% of, of boomers. It's kind of shocking to me. I thought it'd be like the numbers would be different. What's up? Oh, talking to the mic? Yeah. Are you serious? I, I thought I'd been good about that. All right. Anyways, I look at these stats and I go, okay, this is encouraging, right? Because it keeps growing, right? So it's saying one in three Gen Zers will buy secondhand in 2019. It's a big deal, right? And those Gen Zers are eventually going to be in their later 20s and then their 30s and then their 40s. I just wonder like what those numbers mean. Is that like they're purchasing on a regular basis or is that like they go and buy an ugly sweater for a party right like what are the numbers they're actually <laughs> using do. who's promoting no no, no. This, i think this was this like they, they no if you look at the research and i don't have time to go into all of it is that they're consistently like they enjoy going to the stores instead of buying retail okay so anyways i'll put the link below it's a pretty extensive report i don't know when this was released i think it was recent because it came up when i was trying to do research for the podcast but I, there's there's a lot of good stuff in here. And again, 
this is thread up. So they don't, it's kind of weird. They don't even, they mentioned Poshmark and they mentioned the real, real. They didn't even talk about eBay, which I thought was kind of fascinating because eBay, maybe I'm wrong, but I think eBay has a far larger share of the second hand market than these three combined. Not for Gen Z and millennials, not for clothing. You think so? Yeah, no, no, no. Like no. Depop? Yeah, I, I, I'm like convinced because I, not only do I talk to students, but like even people my age, like other, other, you know, millennials and stuff. And it is amazing how many of them that aren't resellers are like, yeah, I've sent in some stuff to thread up and I've, you know, I've tried Poshmark. eBay is not even on their radar because ah. eBay still has a certain stigma of what it is. Right. And so thread up and Poshmark and these types of companies have done really well at marketing to that generation, okay. which is one of the reasons why, um, I've made comments, a couple of comments about why it's important maybe to be there. Cause I think that's where it's going to grow or two, that's where eBay needs to see. They have the potential of being that if they would say like, we might only be a small percentage of their, their market share, but if they can kind of rebrand and be the, the trend, I mean, it's hard because they already have, and it's a good thing. Like what they're known for is like the weird, the bizarre, the unique items they'd have to rebrand a little bit to be the hip, trendy, clothing, hipster, you know, brand. No, I get that. Because that's just not what they are. That's not what they're known for. Even though there may be more items listed that, you know, hipsters would like to wear, that's not what their brand is. That's not what they're known for. We need to have an episode where we define hipster. I think it's a word that's used a lot. Like, does anybody really know what a hipster is? Yeah, if you were a hipster enough, you would know that it doesn't Exactly. Have a That's what I'm saying. All right. Wait, wait, wait. I'm too hipster to have a definition okay, now, for hipster. With all that being said, this is kind of we do our own personal kind of update to reseller topics. I'm not cross posting anymore. I'm done. Right. I, I I I think I gave it due diligence. I and again, they're all great programs. List perfectly, Vendu, Solhound, all awesome, but I will tell you, and I this is something that Craigslist Hunter and I brought about that it's it gets to be too much. And I will say for me, it got to be too much. Even with the helper, I was still making eBay sales, but then the time I was spending cross posting, I felt like I was losing time, right? And I needed to be more efficient with time. So we'll see. I mean, I don't know. It's kind of one of those. Will I know what I don't know? Don't know. But you're you're making sales on Posh, right? Yeah. So. I don't know. And again, I did. I did all everything. You know, people had suggested certain programs that could share for me. People had suggested, you know, list perfectly for this. How many items did you have listed? I went to like about 50. But I didn't get, again, I sound like those people like, I got 50 items and I'm not making any sales. Yeah, I am one of those people. I just don't want to do more. It's my my prerogative. That's good. And, and, And to be honest, if if eBay continues to be a powerhouse in the field that it is and Gen Z and uh, the millennials and Gen Y and that whole group comes up and they move over to eBay, you'll be in a good place. But if, if you know, for to be realistic, if baby yeah. boomers start going away and the people who are shopping, Gen Xers that are shopping on eBay are the only people shopping on eBay and the majority, the market share of the population is moving more towards the other platforms. Are you going to be, will you, will you have missed the boat? Yeah. I mean, the, the nice thing is 
because of Dropbox and other things, I mean, you got all the pictures. You yeah. got all, I mean, you can pivot really quick. You can pivot. Yeah. You know, if I wanted to right now, I could tell my helper, no more. This is what you're going to do. I could hire a VA. I mean, I could pivot within two weeks and get everything put on another mm-hmm. platform, right? Sure. The reason it didn't happen this time is because I'd rather have my helper listening for eBay. I wanted to do more Amazon sourcing, and that's where I landed. Hey, fair so, enough. You got to know what's what's working at the time, so that's good. Okay, and just want one more topic, and this is I just want to help people out. I don't know if this has happened to you, but I had a major issue with GoDaddy, and I had a major issue with List Perfectly and other things where I was trying to link up accounts, and I got this super antiquated page that had like a little PayPal key thing, and it said, "Please enter your six-digit PayPal code." I'm like what? Hmm. And I kept contacting GoDaddy, and I didn't get an answer. Eventually, it said, "Clear cash, clear cookies." So I thought it was that. At the same time, I also ended my, uh, what do you call that, two-step verification. Oh, right. I did both of those, and it, it fixed. So one of those things will fix your problem if you have that. Yeah, no, and I, I, well, here's what happened. I tested it out, and I put back two-step verification, and I didn't have the problem anymore. So maybe it is clearing your cash, clearing your cookies. But in case I'm the only one out there, and not the only one, maybe if I help two of you, that's what I wanted to share with you. So that might help. Thank you for helping those two, Orlando. All right. So do we have a bolo? Bolo. Bolo. Are you, are you? Bolo. <laughs> nice. Okay. So, so I feel like I've talked a lot. Sure. I want to hear your bolo. Well, let's see here. Um, what did I? Okay. Here's a good one. I actually found this one at garage sales today. So I, I might be pronouncing this wrong. That they're Quixels. Have you heard of them before? Just because I saw your haul. My haul. So I ran into these, and the nice thing was they were all unopened, like packs and packs of refills unopened, like super cool. And it's like, they're like little beads, like hollow beads that you put into like a, a mold, you mold it a certain way, and then you press it and the machine like spins and does stuff. And it basically can create like keychains, and they have okay. ones that are flat and ones that are 3D. And it creates like these blocks that kind of mold into like a hard plastic thing. And the refill boxes, um, I was able to pick up two giant totes of these things. I mean, I guess I shouldn't say giant totes, but each one had like 15 refill packs in it. So I probably mm-hmm. have like 25, 30 refill packs plus one machine and then like one open machine. And half of them are 2D and the other half are 3D. And I look them up and some of them go for like, for the refill pack, but some of them up to like $22 for the refill pack. And I was able to pick up all of them for $35. Right. Only reason I bring this up is I was talking to the lady about it and she's like, yeah, my kids loved them and we bought all these. And it seems to be one of those things like kind of like Legos where you buy a bunch, but unless they're using them and you know how kids are, right? Like they're really into something. They do a few, they buy the main kit. They want all these refill packs because I think any toy that requires refills is genius, right? Because it, it hooks people. It's like a replenishable? Yeah, they keep going. So they have the main thing that they buy, which has enough for them to make one or two. And then it's like, if they want more, they got to go buy a refill pack. Well, I can only imagine how many parents tell their, you know, kids, grandparents, other people like, yeah, we're, they're really into this thing. And so they end up with all of these refill packs. So what are the comps on them? Like I said, like some of these refill packs are going for like, $22. Okay. $15. And so, but, so the cost, your, your buy cost has to be like good. Like in yours was really good. Right. So the reason I'm, I'm, I'm saying it's a bolo, this isn't like, 
hey, you're going to pick this up for a couple dollars and sell for hundreds of dollars. But I have a feeling that these types of things, these consumables where there's refills is sometimes, not always, but sometimes parents end up with buying their kids a bunch of refill packs because they have different ones, different oh, colors, whether saying. it's okay. slime or this. And then kids grow out of things quickly. They make three or four of them. They're really into it. And then they never make any more. I hate it when I buy toys and that happens. Right. And so now they've got all these refill packs that haven't been opened. They're like, you know, blister pack, never been opened things. And then what are parents going to do with them? Right. They bought them. They have them. But I think I, I could be wrong, but I think these Quixels specifically, I don't know if they make them anymore. They're not. I don't. I never see them in Walmarts and Targets. But I can imagine that if there's a kid that's still into them, they want the refills. You're going to have to get them on eBay. So uh, my bolo is look for toys that have those kind of uh, refillable. Uh, you got to go buy. So it's like a generic bolo. It, it's, it's fine. Ge- it's generic, but I, Quixels is a, is an example of that, right? So um, look for those. You never know if you'll find it because if it wouldn't have been for so many of them in the box, I would have never looked them up. Yeah, I right? agree. There was a big tote of a bunch of them and then another tote next to it with more of them. If it had just been one sitting on a table, I would have just passed it. But I can only imagine how many times I go to garage sales and there's one or two just sitting around and I pass on them because it's like, who knows with like weird toy things like that. But hey, you never know. No, you don't. And, you know, be, or maybe sometimes there's like schools that want things for projects and right. they're, they're willing to buy a bunch. So, yep. all right, there you go. Okay. So my bolo, it's funny because we both have kind of like low cost, kind of not huge moneymaker bolos, but bread and butter, bre- bread and butter. So remote controls and not any kind of, I mean, I would say if you can get any remote control for under a dollar, it's worth a pickup. Hmm. Right. Because I, I, it's weird, you know. I went through this whole thing where I went through my electronics death pile of, you know, DVD recorders and dual decks and stuff. And I had uh, a good, good amount that didn't work, but then I grabbed the remotes. I sold one. I sold a Bose remote for $50. I sold an Ankyo remote for 30. And so by the way, there's a Bolo brand, the remotes to look for. Uh, I sold a Samsung one for 18. I sold another Samsung for 18. I sold a Toshiba, I, I believe for 25. And these both sell, check, they sell on eBay and Amazon, but remotes. I mean, sometimes I see them at a thrift store and there'll be a whole, and I used to do this back in the day and I kind of stopped doing it, but I think I'm going to go back to doing this where you'd have these bins just full of remotes. And I remember I would pick these up and I would resell them. And I, I don't know why, but I just stopped doing it. Maybe because I felt that it wasn't worth my time. But, you know, if you're, especially if you're new to reselling, you're trying to find low cost items that can sell for a nice ROI and, and they don't take long to sell. It's the remotes. So again, Ankyo is a good one. Uh, I just shared uh, Bose is really good remotes. Uh, and you got to think about, you know, these are things that people are trying to replace, right? So even if you go to a garage and you pick up a dual deck with the remote and the dual deck doesn't work, you can still make money on it, right? Especially if you picked it up for five bucks or 10 bucks. So definitely keep an eye out for remotes. If you see them at a thrift store and you see a whole tote, or a whole bin, it may be worth researching something. And eventually what happens, you get an eye and you don't even have to research. You know what remotes are good money for you. So that is my bolo. Yeah. All right. So what are you looking forward to, Mike? Uh, Well, one is getting uh, all this fun Lego stuff and other nice finds. I know that's the hard part. It takes work. But uh, I'm really looking forward to my wife getting to do the like, 
by Felicia to her work and just like <laughs> walk out and then just to see what's going to happen to our eBay once she's like going hard. And like, like we talked about, maybe we'll look at it and be like, Hey, we were expecting like 10 times growth. Right. And we only had four times growth, but who knows? So, uh, you know, we'll keep you updated by the time our next update episode, uh, rolls out, uh, will be either already there or pretty close to to her taking those steps. So um, I'm super excited about it. I'm just amazed that the reselling has opened up this door. That's awesome. Would have never thought in a million years. So uh, super looking forward to that. What about you? So I said this before, I felt a little guilty from our last theme episode about, you know, don't make time your enemy. And I have, I mean, I'm organized. I have totes and I have skew labels, but I probably have 50 pairs of shoes that are just sitting in my storage unit and they're not located anywhere. Now, I've gotten pretty lucky. I haven't had a single moment where something sold and I couldn't find it right right away. But I have a bunch of shoes. I have hats. I have, and, you know, as FBA is going to be picking up, I need that stuff organized. And so I may not go garage sailing and organize things. All right, guys, get out there. Get out there. Orlando ain't going to be out there. That's less competition. <laughs> be out there garage sailing. And I'm doing it so it hurts. So like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm organizing going, you know what? I miss out on garage sales. I better make good use of this time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And you could say like, if, if I wasn't so disorganized, I could be out doing garage sales. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of some kind of psychological effect I'm hoping will happen and I'll get it done. And here's another one. Let's go back with the uh, Tim Ferriss um, four hour work week. Give yourself a shorter time frame. Say you have one day to organize your entire, or I mean, whatever your time frame is, but give yourself no. a shorter time frame. Give yourself that sense of urgency and you will get it done. Yeah. And I got to do the same thing with receipts and mileage. So I want to get that all done before October hits. So October, I'm not even stressing about it. I'm good to go. Go hardcore. That's my hope. Hey, thanks for listening to this super long episode. And thank you for sticking with us. I know not everything you agreed with, but you know, it just, this is our place to have a conversation for us to share what we think for us to share how we're wrong and sometimes how we're right. But as always, thank you for all of you. And with that being said, make sure to be. What? That didn't work out. <laughs> I get it all planned. Let's... Late. Peace. Super awkward ending. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>